Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Richmond. How are you? Very well. Very well. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. All right. So what have you been up to? Um, it's been a busy period. So, you know, Holy Me, we've launched our products like less than a year ago. So it's been a lot of just being present in the market and getting our brand out there and our products out there, despite the restrictions that come with COVID. And so, you know, not being able to go to trade shows and events and meet people and, you know, how much I love to have like a community and um, all of that's had had its set of challenges. But uh, no, despite that, it's going very well. So it's, it's exciting. Excellent. Excellent. Now, so COVID uh, sort of, I suppose, in most people's minds sort of started in last March. I suppose that was when when the effects started to happen. But when when did you start Holy Me in relation to that? Um, so our first product, which is the Relief Balm, um, that was only released to market in June. It was um, it was ready to come earlier than that, but the labs shut because of COVID, and so they sort of stopped the production, uh, which was kind of nerve wracking. But um, especially with like zero visibility of when they would reopen <laughs> and what would happen um so so that was a little bit you know up in the air but then in june we received our relief balm in july we received our relief drops and in november the relief salts so we've really only been with our full range in the market since since then so it's just a short few months yeah. true covid babies <laughs> yeah it is. But that's, that's interesting isn't it because yeah. your your business knows nothing other than operating exactly. under these exactly. So I, I get people asking me very frequently, you know, how has COVID affected you? And I'm like, well, I don't know pre-COVID, so you know, I can only say we're okay. We yeah. exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But before we sort of go into where you know where you're taking it, you know, how how did it all begin? Um. So Holy Me began, I guess. The, the truth is that it started, I put my phone on silence, I'm sorry. Um, it started from a very personal experience, um, as I had mentioned to you. So I'm very, very, very close to my mother. Um, and in terms of my background, I studied genetics of human disease and human biology. Um, and at, at some stage, my mother suffered from a really debilitating form of rheumatoid arthritis. Um, which left her on, on bed rest overnight. Um, and I've always known the importance of the environment on uh, your predisposition to conditions, on your odds of recovery, on just your general health and wellness because of my studies. And um, I, at that point, I made it my mission to help my mother in any way I could. And I just really, she was in so much pain and agony and I just wanted to help her in any way I could beyond, you know, the medical uh, follow-up that she was having with her doctors. Um, but it seems, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't seem to be enough. And that's when I sort of started experimenting with really natural ingredients, backed by scientific evidence, talking with a lot of experts, sort of formulating um, products to help her and in a more holistic, natural way, and it, it helped her tremendously. And actually it's, it's kind of funny because the relief balm, the formula I created for my mother, um, you know, this is like two and a half years ago. It's the exact same formula that's out in the market. It's, it hasn't changed 
at all, <laughs> um, which is which is always funny. But I guess it's it's sort of that planted the seed um, to know that there is you know, there, there is, I guess I, it made me realize that there is a much bigger problem and the bigger problem is pain management as a whole um, because pain is inherent to our lifestyles. You know, our modern lifestyle is filled with stresses and aches and pains are common. Mm. So if you're sitting behind a desk a lot, you have, you know, neck and shoulder pain, lower back pain. If you run a lot, you have knee pain, like pains are just common and they're just growing exponentially and they're going to grow much more significantly now that, you know, COVID will have made this uh, a, a much bigger burden because everyone now has to work from home and the average person is not set up to work from home comfortably. And so I suspect we're going to see a, a significant increase in lifestyle inherent aches and pains. Um, but anyway, witnessing this, this big problem and uh, knowing that people turn to medical solutions, painkillers, as if it's candy mm -hmm. to solve issues that are inherent to our lifestyle, sort of was a light bulb moment where um, I was like, you know, this is completely mismanaged um, and, and it's misunderstood and it's a huge burden. Um, and that's where, I guess that's where Holy Me comes in to, to encourage people to take a different approach when it comes to pain management, which is more holistic and really sustainable. Yeah, yeah. So you, you saw that, that issue with, you know, the default being a kind of a passive approach so you go and see someone and they give you something to take or they do something to you to get better but you realize actually there's there's a lot more to it because because of the way that we live yeah absolutely i think it's not even about going to see anyone it's just people are are self-medicating you know people are are going to their local chemist or you know wherever because you can find painkillers which are medical solutions um in every corner of every street and people are popping those as if they have absolutely no consequence on your long-term health because they are readily available and you don't need a prescription um to to take them people assume that they're healthy yeah. uh, you know if you look in the u.s the primary reason for chronic liver failure is overuse of painkillers. And so painkillers are being overused and abused of. I've, I've myself gone to a wedding where, you know, at the end of the celebrations, they have these like lovely rescue kits in all everybody's rooms with painkillers for everybody. <laughs> so it's, it's really considered okay to take it for, for everything, but it's not. Um, it's not good for your stomach lining. It's not good for your liver. Um, it's just not good for your long-term health. A lot of the times, you know, people take painkillers for headaches, not knowing that it is the painkiller, you know, making your headache worse. Yeah. So it's actually mis misunderstood and mismanaged pains that are just not getting resolved. And you're not providing yourself a, a, a sustainable long-term solution by just popping a pill that very likely is only masking the problem that you have. It's not resolving it. Yeah. Um, and so with Holy Me, it's also, it's, it's way beyond products. It's really trying to educate people on 
what pain is. And, and you and I have had this discussion and, and how we could define pain differently. And I think we, we did this in an Instagram live together and I think it was perfectly summarized. It's um, pain is an alarm system. It's, it's your body asking you to pay attention. So masking that is not resolving it. And so with our products, what we do is encourage this holistic approach. And beyond that, we do a lot of educational content. We are extremely accessible and reachable. So we want people to sort of reach out to us for any questions and anything to know that there's a community beyond um, beyond products. But, you know, for example, the relief balm, which you've you've tried, and I'll ask yeah, you to, to say so. what yeah, you yeah. think of it yourself. Um, it, it encourages people to apply the balm wherever you have, um, you're experiencing the area of concern, wherever you're experiencing pain, tension, stress, whatever it is. And it's, it's a very targeted approach. So, you know, as many people will know, there's already a lot of studies that demonstrate the power of touch alone. Uh, when it comes to pain management. Now we're encouraging people to mindfully, you know, massage that area and combining that with ingredients that are purely organic and natural and sustainably sourced and that have scientific evidence for their soothing relieving properties. And we know have absolutely no compromise on your long-term health. So you're sort of taking that mindful approach of giving your body the attention it is asking and combining that with very powerful ingredients. And that, you know, we're seeing is extremely effective. Uh, our customers love it. They're very recurrent. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's the key to holding me. So there is this, there is this need and there is this more sensible <laughs> approach to, to responding to this need. So you're really blending the, what, what is, what is self-care, the best of self-care with, you know, people want evidence, don't they? Or a lot of people want evidence or, or show me, show me the science. And, um, and that's, you know, that's right. We do need evidence of, of things. Um, but there's also an inherent knowing that about touch, isn't there? And, and what touch feels like. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and like you say, I, I do think people want the evidence, want, uh, you know, clinical studies. And part of me, and I, I don't know if you've been sharing this in a podcast is compliance, but part of me thinks that um, that stems from a lot of pharmaceutical lobbying, um, you know, trying to make people believe that unless there is clinical backing for something, then it doesn't work. And it's just not evidence-based and it's just placebo when it's not real. Um, and, and it's funny how, you know, a lot, and, and I am not at all against pharmaceuticals. I'm not against doctors by any means, uh, but I think it has taken a, a proportion, which is, which is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's unbelievable how some and I digress a little bit, but it's unbelievable how some doctors can dismiss, you know, someone's um, real feelings as not real and, and just psychological and it's just in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the, the pharma world has managed to make believe to, to make people believe that, you know, if it's natural, then it's not effective, which yep. is a laughable notion because, you know, where does medication even come from? <laughs> it, it comes from nature. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a very laughable notion. 
having said that, I, I think, yes, we use a lot of, and I myself am a scientist. Um, so I, I've always been adamant on using products that are backed by scientific evidence. So yes, our ingredients are um, backed by scientific evidence, tested, et cetera. But I, I don't dismiss, you know, traditional use of an ingredient as uh, probably a, a, a bigger clinical study of its own. And it's understanding that, you know, human beings are extremely complex. You know, they have uh, so many different mechanisms and something that works for one individual will not work for another. And that can have you know, relevance uh, pertaining to your genetic material, but it could also have to do with your environment. It could have to do with your psychological state. There, there could be so many factors at play. That means, you know, we're far, far, far from simple and extremely complex humans. And then when you're looking at natural ingredients, so, you know, if I take our, our relief drops, which are CBD drops as just one example, um, People talk about CBD as if we're only, you know, there's only CBD in our in our dropper bottles in our food supplement, but that's not the case. It's a it's a complex plant, the hemp plant, like a lot of plants. I'm just using that as one example. It's extremely complex with hundreds and hundreds of different compounds. In there, you have hundreds of cannabidiols, uh, cannabinoids. You have terpenes. You have omega oils. You know, fatty acids. Um, vitamin E. So this one plant has so many different compounds within it. And so if you wanted to clinically study, you know, this extremely complex plant with an extremely complex human, it's, it's very difficult. What's easier in a, in a laboratory setting and a clinical study is actually taking a synthetic you know, a uh, compound and testing that widely, because otherwise you don't know what elements exactly within that mixture of compounds that stems from, you know, the flower extraction is having the, the um, well, I don't know, the properties that you're witnessing or, or seeking, you, you just can't know. And a clinical setting is just better done when it's synthetic. Um, but you have plenty of effectiveness studies, other kinds of studies you can do that will um, provide that kind of clinical evidence or scientific evidence. Well, one of the issues that, that's brought up, uh, one, one of a number, and, and rightly so, is that you know, quite a lot of the research is done on different types of rat uh, and, and other animals, of course. Um, and, and interestingly, a lot of the work is done in male animals. Mm. And that poses problems because, well, first of all, you know, to extrapolate that to humans is, is a step to and then putting in because the, there are clear gender differences um, and particularly in relation to, to pain and, and, our, and our biology. Um, have, you, have you got any thoughts on that? Um, well, I, I see it as just one step in the in the research process, and then um, at least when it comes to to medical products, um, medical research. Um, I don't think you go from rats to humans. You you go from rats, and then you you use that evidence to then um, you know go to another phase of trials. You have several phases of trials, and 
um, you you go along the way. So I, I think yes, they they test things on on animals, but then they do have to demonstrate the effectiveness um, through volunteers and in in, um, in clinical trials um, for medical products. But you know in in the non-medical sphere of things, um, we very much avoid uh, animal cruelty. So not, not much is tested on animals um, on our end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, and, you know, we are using non-toxic, well, at least, you know, we're using ingredients that are diluted, that are natural, that are organic, that are um, tested heavily for purity, potency, um, to ensure that these are non-toxic. Um, and so, you know, we don't, we don't test these on animals, but we might do, you know, uh, direct studies with humans before, before mass producing. And then that can do, and we do, you know, dermatology for, for something like a bone before even doing a, um, effectiveness study, I would conduct a, um, a dermatological test to just ensure that dermatologically speaking and, and, you know, with the help of a toxicologist, we ensure that the, you know, it's, it is effective um, at not irritating the skin in any way, at not um, causing any rashes, et cetera. So you do, you know, patch tests, et cetera, to get that kind of data. And then when you know that your product is um, okay for all skin types, um, you can then conduct an effectiveness study sort of uh, more, you know, with a peaceful mind that the, it's not going to react mm. to to skins. And then you're really focusing on the effectiveness um, for what you're trying to provide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, on your website, you, you publish a lot of results. Yeah. Um, so we recently got the results for a cl clinical study we conducted uh, with our relief balm. Um, with volunteers over a four-week study supervised by a doctor, um, testing its effectiveness at relieving aches and pains uh, pre and post workouts. Um, and, you know, we had the results are published on our website with over 90% people rating it highly effective. Um, and, and then, you know, well, again, probably not something I should share, but we tried to the best of our abilities to be extremely transparent because the whole um you know one of our uh, one of our values is to be empowering and empowering means you know giving people the information and the transparency to make um conscious decisions for their health and well-being so we'll be as transparent as possible and then that empowers you to know and decide for your own self what it is, what is the route you want to try. Yeah. Um, and so for that reason, we do publish a lot of blog posts, educational content, podcasts, etc. Um, having said that, I used to, so we have a, an ingredient page on our website with every single ingredient that we use within every single one of our products. And we try to give a lot of information as to what's the traditional use, where do they come from? How did we extract them? Um, what's the origin of ours? And then we test our uh, ingredients and show the results of, you know, it, again, because if you're talking about eucalyptus, you're not just talking about one molecule within eucalyptus, you have a lot of different molecules. And we show that on our website to, to really um, 
demonstrate the different levels. Maybe it's really rich in oleic acid um, and that has its own set of virtues, et cetera. So we try to give all that information. And also because we are obsessed with quality, um, it's something I'm extremely proud of and, and you know, it, it shout it over the roofs and, and share it because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful pride of ours. So what I was going to say is we used to have at the bottom of those pages, scientific evidence for all the ingredients um, and and clinical studies that people could go on and be directed to uh, the clinical evidence that we gathered as very relevant. Um, Having said that, and that's where I think I'm not being too compliant, is uh, we had the medical health authorities tell us to to put it down um, because it makes it seem like we are making medical allegations or that we are medical products when we are not. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think one of the big complications with Holy Me was maneuvering the, the, the compliance spectrum because it's actually um, it's actually heavily regulated and you have to be very very careful not to sound like you are a medical product and there is a lot you cannot say and you cannot do so it's it's not a lack of desire to share it's just I'm not legally allowed to um, but you know before the record we are not medical yeah. We are not doctors, we're not medical uh, products, and we don't replace the advice of a medical health uh, authority. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, people people interpret these things in, in different ways, don't they? So I guess you have to state clearly, you know, what, yeah. what, you, what you are. Exactly. Um, so what, what would you say that you are on that? I would say we're a wellness brand. Um, offering really clean, natural solutions for everyday stresses, aches and pains. So what we are is a solution for aches and pains that are inherent to your lifestyle. So the the way I like to really differentiate us is, you know, if you have an actual injury, Um, or, you know, something that needs the attention of a healthcare provider, um, you should go to a healthcare provider and you should seek medical attention. If you are, you know, suffering aches and pains because it's inherent to your lifestyle, either because you're exercising a lot and that's causing some some, uh, strain to your muscles and joints. If you are, you know, very stressed as a result of your work, if that is preventing you from sleeping properly, um, if, you know, you just, uh, you lift things around a lot and inherent within that lifestyle uh, comes aches and pains, then we're a response to that, a healthy or more sustainable response to that. Um, and then for, for the rest, I mean, we're basically for the ones who have a, a, a medical condition, we can very well be something uh, that you take um, compl- in a complementary fashion yeah. um, to, to improve your well-being in that process, definitely. Um, but I think what we're really answering to is this big, big burden of lifestyle inherent aches and pains. You know, um, the primary reason for exit of the workforce is lower back pain. So you're talking about a lifestyle inherent condition there. And that is something, you know, if we are just a little bit more mindful and we approach differently, not by just powering through and ignoring the pain like a lot of people do, or by turning to medical solutions that just mask the pain. It's understanding that 
it is your activity in your everyday lifestyle that is that your body is asking you to pay attention to. So there are, you know, movements to do during the day that will release those kinds of tensions, uh, you know, applying the balm to somewhere that is concerned, giving that attention there, massaging it until it's fully absorbed. That's a mindful practice, you know, taking CBD to sort of soothe your body and mind, taking baths post-exercise to encourage muscle and joint recovery. I mean, you have things that like, regardless of the ingredients used, are effective and that's you know just mindful practice so just taking time out to focus on yourself you know the the power of touch um we've discussed the the effectiveness of just soaking in uh hot water on its own you know releases tensions and then combining that with magnesium sulfates and other you know essential oils that have evidence for their soothing relieving properties you're combining things um, to give yourself a, a better chance at a sustainable approach to yeah. these aches and pains. Yeah. So, so really, you're encouraging a lot of behavioural change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Which seems, you know, necessary moving forward, and and particularly at the moment. I mean, we spoke at the top about how you know your business has has emerged in in this in this time. You know, arguably at a at a really important time then because. You know, people's habits of, of work and living has had to change, causing stresses and strains for different people in lots of different ways. Definitely. I, I, exactly. So, again, I, I'm not able to say, you know, pre-COVID what Holy Me would have looked like and what it looks like now. But um, I think what I witnessed, even looking at the data when, you know, when doing market research, was that every year you have a very significant increase in, in these uh, musculoskeletal aches and pains, which frequently can be attributed to lifestyle. And um, you know, 20% of the global population suffers from a musculoskeletal condition. That is huge. And you know, there is this misconception that that, you know, that is really just the um, over 50s, you know, um, our, our lifespans are increasing, over 50s are suffering from chronic conditions, the arthritis conditions, and they make up that, um, that data. And that's just not true. I mean, 40% of the people with um, musculoskeletal conditions are between the ages of 15 and 40. You're looking at a very, very young uh, population. Can you hear this? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, they decided to do constructions right now. But um, but yes, so so that population suffers greatly. And it's it's usually, you know, um, millennials at the peak of their earning um, age, earning income um, time that suffer hugely from aches and pains because they're spending their days behind a computer sitting down and you know um and that's just that's just that your body can only sustain that that long that's not what we're designed for we're supposed to be in nature we're supposed to be moving um not sitting behind a desk all day and so that will have consequences and it's not only for senior senior people yeah yeah no i mean it's, it is a huge problem and, and often people talk about musculoskeletal and and we like to compartmentalize of course but but you know if you think about the number of conditions that 
that are characterized in some way by by bodily pain if we call it that and you know i don't like to really you know narrow down on this stuff too much but if we talk about bodily you know somewhere on my body in my body i feel some pain um then then those figures go screaming up even further absolutely no absolutely because if you're if and i mean statistically there's only so much they can you know, even report, right? It's people reporting. You have a number of people just powering through out there. Those aren't reported. Um, and, and you don't, again, it's, it's also understanding that you don't need to reach a point where it has become chronic or it has become a, a, a significant debilitating issue in your life to address it. It yeah. can be minor and you address it there and then, and your approach to your body's alarm system is to listen to it before it becomes aggravated. Yeah. You know, I, I myself, and, and we've touched on that as well, um, I myself suffered from a herniated disc in my lower back as a teenager. And that was, that was very, very, very painful. I remember not being able to sit in a, in a classroom long enough and I'd have to stand and sort of, you know, apologize. And, and you, feel, you feel old when you're a teenager in class and I couldn't carry anything. I, I was in so much pain, I couldn't sit in a car. Um, and, and I think, you know, I was at that age where I didn't listen to my body and I had maybe, you know, alarms way before it was the herniated disc um, that if I had paid attention to, maybe I would have never reached that point, but I didn't, I powered through, you know, I felt like I had exams. So I'm going to sit, 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 sit. And I was sitting on an uncomfortable chair in a bad posture, you know, wasn't exercising, didn't have enough mobility and all of that combined will certainly cause, you know, the actual injury that I then experienced. And then I did need to, to go and seek medical advice and all of that. And, honestly it's 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 sometimes it's too invasive um and it's minor lifestyle changes and more mindfulness that can be a much more sustainable approach to even addressing the issue that i experienced um you know without you know without ignore with what wouldn't work for me is just taking the medical advice that i was given which is a lot of painkillers you know i was advised surgery i was advised a metal back brace i was advised um really intense painkillers that that are addictive um and you know if i had just taken that on board that doesn't solve my problem. The, the problem didn't, is not Celine has a herniated disc. It's Celine has ignored a pain for so long that she now suffers from a herniated disc. Mm. And so if I were to take all these meds but continue with that mentality, with that lifestyle, then I, I have no chance of recovery. Yeah. It's actually, you know, making sure now you have a pain stand up move you know move around release that tension apply you know something that's soothing that relaxes that area of tension exercise slowly to reinforce the muscles around it and sustain that joint that's in pain so you have way you have a holistic approach to addressing a very real problem yeah. um which which unfortunately is lacking and and it's just it's not happening so with holding me we do try 
to encourage, like you say, a lifestyle change, an understanding that it is something else that's beyond the, the pain you're experiencing right now. It stems from something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some people want a quick fix and we live in a world that's that's sort of pushed that message for a long time for, for a whole range of things. And now because there's such immediacy with stuff we can order or or get to or, or whatever, um, it's just become expected that health is just this simple commodity that, that we can just buy you know, online or, or just go and pay to see someone else. And if they can't fix me, I'll pay to see someone else. I'll even travel across the world and see the best people who will fix me. And, and some people get caught up in that and they just basically spend their whole life doing just that, but not actually getting better. Then someone like yourself has, has been, you know, you've been exposed to a holistic thinking at some point in your life which means that you're open so you you see the medical options as just one set of options that might be helpful in the short term but actually to really get better i've got to do some stuff here exactly and you're and you're so right i mean there is uh we are a generation of instant gratification we want solutions immediately we want responses right away um, and I think, you know, that's something I did try to focus on with the products that we release beyond everything else that we do. And it's, you know, using products that will have an effect immediately. Um, so, you know, on, in our studies, we, we show that with the balm, you, you feel the effects and the benefits within 10, 15 minutes from first application. So we've tried to use, you know, rich and potent ingredients that will respond to this extremely demanding audience because the truth is if you can turn to a painkiller that will numb and allow you to um, continue your, your life continue your lifestyle that's what people want where we're a generation that wants to run and wants solutions that will help us continue running mm. not um, ask us to stop because we just can't it, this world won't allow it um, yeah in itself is, is an issue right but it's also like you say, it's all about prioritizing. And, you know, I do think that health is, is a huge priority to people and it has become an even greater priority following COVID. Um, so I think at least millennials rate health as the second most important thing in their lives just after family. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a generation that puts a lot of value um, it, and, and they're the ones that drive the shift in market behavior towards more organic natural solutions, towards more supplements, towards more preventative approaches to, um, to, to health. Yeah. And, um, and, and in that sense, I think, you know, it is also educating people to say, hey, you can absolutely maintain that, that really intense fast paced lifestyle, which now you're addicted to, uh, you can do that, but you can also integrate some mindful practice within it that will actually in reality enable you um, to, to pursue this active lifestyle for much longer. Yeah. And it's actually, you, you think that by going for the instant gratification, numbing and continuing, you're enabling yourself to continue that active lifestyle, but you're not because that's not sustainable over time. And you will cause different ailments, different issues, which will require a lot more attention to solve. Whereas, you know, paying attention to it earlier, it's not changing your lifestyle. It's enabling you to lead the lifestyle you want to lead. 
Yeah. So getting more balance in there, really, because, you know, when, when I ask people about how they look after themselves, you know, there's a range of, of answers from from not a lot through to, um, well, to relax, I go to the gym or I watch TV. What do you watch on TV? Oh, some sort of crime drama or something like that. And, and you well, no, what, what do you do to recharge? You know, you're, you're paying out energy-wise on all this stuff when you go to the gym, when you exercise, when you work, you know, when you even think about work, um, when you're watching TV, you know, the content that you're exposing yourself to, you could be paying out. Having, having alcohol, that, it's paying out ultimately because it will always affect your sleep, et cetera. So where's the recharge here? Um, and, and it sounds like what you're offering is recharge, not, not just in the products themselves, but in the time that you give yourself or allow yourself to, to use the products, whether it be in the bath or, or to self-massage and use touch, or, or even just spending a few moments with, with the drops, um, where, you know, I, I use the drops. Obviously, we, we've been doing stuff together. And, and just that moment where, you, you know, you hold them in your mouth. And that might be a moment where you just do a little bit of breathing for a minute or two um, while, while, while the absorption is going on. Absolutely. You're, you're completely right. The whole point is also, you know, something we'll encourage is, you know, when you take the drops, you have to wait for one minute. Um, leave it under your tongue until it's, you know, absorbed through your salivary glands and you'll feel the benefits sooner. But of course, there is also that minute where you've stopped, you know, you sort of, it's a whole minute. And in this fast paced, crazy world, a minute seems like a lifetime. So you, you just pause and pay attention and breathe it in and, you know, sit with whatever it is you're experiencing, whether that is anxiety, stress, lack of sleep, exhaustion, it's okay. Just take it in, take it all in, give yourself that minute, yeah. you know, and then press play again. And just that, it's powerful. And just, you know, like you say, taking a bath, it, we encourage taking a bath because that is a time where you recover post-exercise because yes, you, you're expending yourself, you're, you're working so much, you're exercising, you're releasing, you know, whatever anxiety and stress you have through that exercise, but all athletes will tell you that to be a good athlete, you need excellent recovery. And so just going, going, going is not, is, is not uh, doing you any good. And it doesn't make up for an excellent athlete. And you can take that learning from athletes and apply it to all aspects of your life. Yeah. If you're not going to take breaks, if you are not going to listen to yourself, if you are only going to, as you say, spend, but without recharging, then you're not going to be the best athlete and you're not going to be the best version of yourself just in life in general. You're not going to you're not going to have the same output in work. You're not going to be the same partner in your marriage and your relationship. You're not going to be the same friend with your friends. You're not going to be the great daughter. You can't you can't you can't be all of those things without showing up for yourself. Yeah. And showing up for yourself is fundamental to then being who that, that optimal person that you want to be, the person you want to be for others requires self-care. Yeah. And, and I think that's something we truly forget, you know, and I, I forget. And it's so important to have these like ritualistic approaches to sort of remind ourselves. So even if it is a minute in the morning, in the evening, five, 10 minutes of this ritual that you um, 
start practicing of self-care, then like an athlete, um, you, you give yourself the chance to, you know, to perform better, mm. whether that is through relationships to work or sports. Yeah, I mean, you know, most people would probably go, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. And it's trying to help people translate that to, to taking action. And, and you know, for, we're talking about forming new habits. And, you know, it's classic. We were, before we were recording, we were talking about, about New Year and, and, you know, Persian New Year. But, but certainly for, for the Western New Year, it's all about, right, what are you, you going to do? What are the, the resolutions? And, and everyone starts with these things. And, and some people keep them going, but a lot don't. It kind of drifts off because we set the bar so high. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate for an hour a day. That's, that's a good thing to do. So I'm going to do that. And, and people start and, and they might do it for a couple of days. But day three, oh, I haven't really got time to do that. And day four, oh, maybe I can do 20 minutes. Um, and then yeah. so it's up and down, up and down. And, and you're kind of telling yourself inherently that you're not fulfilling what you've set out to do. Mm. So the motivation drops and then gradually the wheel yeah. stops turning. Whereas, you know, talking there about, you know, doing holding the drops in your mouth for a minute or applying the balm for you know, two or three minutes even. So setting the bar low so that you achieve it. So no matter what happens every day, I do those things for a few minutes and then gradually the motivation builds and we'll gradually do more. And, and so setting new habits would is something that sort of sits nicely in line with, with what you're offering. Yeah. And, and um, sustainable, um, you know, habits that you can maintain so like you say you know and, and i this is interesting i had a another igtv live with someone else where we were discussing this this particular point which is um we 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 set exactly what you said you know post new year etc we, we set goals for ourselves that are sometimes far too ambitious and therefore not sustainable so I, I've definitely done this a number of times in my life um, and, it, and it's okay. Nobody's meant to be perfect. <laughs> you, just, you just try to learn and share your learnings or your experience. It's the best you can do, you know? Um, and yeah. so taking an example that I've done, you know, I, I watch these um, documentaries that are wonderful on Netflix about, you know, health and wellness and sustainability. Bottom line, a lot of the advice is you should be vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and, I, and every time I watch these, I'm like, that's it. I am vegan <laughs> and I'll, I'll literally overnight choose to be vegan. Um, and, and I've, I've probably sustained it a maximum of two full months of, of veganism, which isn't bad. Um, but I then realized, you know, that's not sustainable, not for me, not for someone who has spent her entire life, not being vegan. And you don't wake up and just say, that's it, I am vegan, and hope that for the rest of your life, you will be true to that one morning. <laughs> um, and so I, I do things differently now. So I'm, I'm not vegan today, but I'll have vegan days. You know, I'll, I'll say, you know, Mondays, Thursday, Friday, vegan, or, you know, as far as I can, I'll have vegan meals. And then, you know, make it a little bit different. Maybe I'll have, you know, red meat, which I believe has, is quite acid and, you know, has inflammatory properties within them. It's not really good for your health. Red meat, I'll have, you know, 
once every two weeks, twice a month max. And I'll, yeah. I'll stick to that because then you're setting up things that are much more feasible given your life, given your, 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 you know, um, environment, people around you, et cetera. It's, yeah. it's not easy to switch overnight. No. Um, and so, so, it, and, and that's true for everything. It's, it's try not to suddenly, you know, go from zero exercise to I'm going to work out, you know, five to every day in the week. It's, that's just not realistic. Maybe you'll do it for a little bit, but you will burn out. You will stop. It's not going to be a sustainable routine. So it's not about reaching a goal or, you know, getting to the weight you want to get ASAP or, you know, it's not about that. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's something you want to be able to maintain. And so for that, it just needs to fit in your life as far as possible. Um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's setting up routines. It's setting up goals that you can keep because there's no point in losing weight very quickly and then going back to whatever you were doing pre that diet, but rather lose your, the weight you want to lose much more gradually, but then you're doing something that's a lifestyle change, not a diet, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So you're, you're really encouraging people just to find things that they can do that they're going to keep doing that will build. I mean, much like cleaning your teeth, you know, you, exactly. you, you look at your teeth, you clean them, you don't really see, much difference just once but we all know inherently that we've got to keep doing it to the point where you don't really think about doing it you just you just do it it's always a good example um absolutely no it's a it's a very good point and and when i you know think of um I, th I think this has been picked up during covid for a lot of women <laughs> um but it's it's like just face uh, products. I mean, we've, we've converted from using um, makeup and, you know, nice clothes and going out, et cetera, to just having a, a, a facial routine at night. That's like a seven step process <laughs> because we're not doing, we're not spending on the other things that we're spending on. We've, we've converted all of that to like a bunch of different serums and creams and oils and masks and what have you. Um, so I, I think a lot of girls are now glowing everywhere, just completely naturally. Um, but yeah, having said that, the reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, I, I, I said, okay, I am going to use, you know, this free time, this, I don't know, this time at home that I have more than I've had before to have this ritual of just face care that's more um, elaborate than it's been in the past. I've always been quite lazy. I've always been quite the, the person who prefers to go on her run, do her things. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, by the time it's nighttime, I'm, I'm tired and I just want to sleep. So brush your teeth, wash your face, go to bed, you know, that's it. And no, no ritual with that. But actually I was like, you know what? I actually want a ritual where I, I use a variety of different products. It, it's, it wouldn't have been sustainable for me to suddenly have a seven step process when all I used to do was literally like, face wash and hydration cream in bed, you know, mm. and, and, uh, and now I actually put this ritual, which I've developed over time. So, you know, if I was never used to using a serum plus a hydration cream, 
plus you know makeup remover plus the face wash not in that order um, but if I if I was not used to having all these steps and I suddenly had like a seven step process um, it's not something I would have maintained I'm just using you know one example that can be applicable to so many different things and now it's part of my ritual I brush my teeth and I do all these steps that I actually really enjoy now it's no longer something I have to do that's it's something that's like brushing my teeth I love doing I don't think I can do without and that's the gradual progression of making something part of a ritual which you can add on over time yeah yeah and um and, and you know you've got these things available so some people call it stacking so you know you go into a particular room the bathroom and there's you know your, your toothbrush and those products that you've just talking about there for for cleansing and, and things like that um, but then you might put in something else, just just put it there so that you you see it and then you're more likely to a very good oh, point. Yeah. There's that thing. I'm gonna do that again. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a very good point. Um, I think you know something I encourage our consumers to do is um, like for example, the relief balm. I'll yeah. um, encourage people to really, depending on on what are your aches and pains and what the purpose is, but leave it by your bedside so that, you know, it's there. And, and we've, we've done quite a lot of work to make it something, you know, quite nice, quite you yeah. know, elegant, minimalistic, which you'd be proud to have by your bedside and not something that, you know, that's like red and blue and loud and screams pain yeah. all over it. Um, try to make it something that's quite, you know, subtle, which you can yeah. proudly leave on your bedside table. And, and, and that's a reminder. You see it every day. You take it and you apply it wherever you have um, aches and pains. We have runners that apply it to their Achilles heels um, regularly. You know, some people have had surgery and have this not agonizing pain, but this, the, the, the feeling is there. You know, the, the, there is a, a feeling focused in that area. And they feel like this practice of applying the balm as part of a ritual to that area actually relieves it and and probably takes away the inflammation and enables them to perform better at running yeah. um and so we have a lot of people like that and just leaving it by their bedside is helpful i myself leave one by the bedside and one by my desk at work um especially now that i work from home i don't know if it's like the the mouse here but it's always um this side this neck and shoulder i have this um this kind of discomfort Mm. And I'll just, you know, middle of the day, I'll take a pea-sized amount and I'll just massage it, give it a, give it a few minutes and, and, and it'll release the tension, you know, and that's just good practice. And yeah. so putting it in places where I remember to take it is helpful. Same for the CBD, just have it. Um, I'll always have one in my bag, but I'll mm. also always have one by the bedside. And, and these are things that I'll just use um, because I'm constantly reminded by having them visibly, visibly yeah. there. Yeah, and you're right about how things look because of the, you know, the, the messages we give to ourselves about, you know, what are we, what am I doing here? Am I, am I relieving pain or am I trying to feel healthy and, and well? And there's a very different feel. And then another story that rolls on will be very different depending on which route, route you take. So, so yeah, if, if what you're using you know, says on it, you know, blatantly pain relief, well, then that's like saying, don't think of elephants. Um, exactly. Whereas, whereas something yeah. that's that's more subtle and, and aesthetically pleasing and, and feels good in the hands as well, 
will yeah. will change your will change your state. Exactly, exactly, because you're not, and and that's something you know we've worked on at at branding stage. It was to say, okay, we've we know we've got the formula, we know we have something that works. Now you want people. It, it's there is huge, you know. Um, factors at play that relate to your your mental state uh, and what you're feeling what you're thinking will also have an effect um and so we were like okay we don't want people to constantly it's not about remembering your ache or pain that's not what you're doing here you're um you're you're taking care of yourself it's a self-care pleasant routine it's self-love it's self-appreciation it's you know it's not um a reminder that a movement is painful it's a celebration of movement it's an ability and a reminder that you are okay you're fine you just need a little bit of attention you just that's it and so that that needs to come subtle that needs to be something that's not you know you take it and all you're thinking is i'm in pain i'm in pain i'm in pain it's not that you're just more like you know giving just care and attention that's it that's all it is yeah 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 and you know i talk to a lot of people about creating their own better and good and great experiences of their body and particularly in the places that that are hurting because there's such an association with where my back hurts when i sit my back hurts when i walk my knee hurts when i go upstairs so, so every time you think about that body part, it's either because you're feeling pain um, or you're just thinking about how it's stopping you somehow from living the life you want. Whereas, you know, one of the ways of getting better is by having better experiences of that body part. Yeah. So, so again, you know, spending time doing something, whether it be moving or applying something through, through touch and then feeling better is, is, creating evidence for yourself that you can get better and that's one of the main exactly. thrusts of, of, get, of being well again definitely. definitely so looking forward then what's um you know we're hopefully fingers crossed um things are easing up and get togethers and, and stuff opening what what kind of implications is that going to have for you looking forward now I mean, we've always wanted to be a community-based brand um, and being close to people. And so I think there's a lot of implications, one being that we'll be able to organize community-led events a lot more. Um, what we used to have is a running club in um, in Hyde Park. And uh, I, I'd say what was truly unique about this running club versus any other running club um it's we would have a coach or someone and it was the the big focus was um making sure that you're stretching well that you know you're doing beyond running core exercises that will also strengthen um focused area focused muscles um, so we would, you know, in, in Hyde Park, we would run and then we would stop and, and somewhere do some core. Um, a, a big part of the beginning of the run is just warming up. It's just stretching. And then we run, we pause, we do core, we run again, and then we stretch. So it's a lot of attention being given to um, doing the right movements. Um, nothing is in, done in excess and really focused on just not causing any injuries and, and, and just optimizing the, 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 the run. Uh, by doing all these other things. Um, and then and then beyond that, you know, being able to do um, 
you know, yoga classes for our community, being able to organize educational events for our community. And then business-wise, you know, um, being able to attend trade shows, attend uh, conferences, um, really meet with people. It's fundamental for a business and meet buyers so that you can be where your users are, are looking for you is important. Um, so I think it will have tremendous, I mean, already almost every weekend in July, I have booked, um, you know, a stand at the end of triathlons, running shows, the national running show, et cetera, so that, you know, we're, we're there. Uh, a lot of our consumers are athletes that need to optimize recovery and actually already have the mindset of, I need to optimize recovery through natural remedies. So they're an easier audience to speak to because they're already educated on the subject. They are already seeking these kinds of products. Um, and then simultaneously trying to encourage others to, to learn from these best practices. Yeah. Excellent. So exciting times ahead. Super exciting. <laughs> so um, so when when people want to come and find you and your products, where where should they go? So you can find Holy Me on products on our website, which is just holyme.com. Um, and that's a direct to consumer uh, e-com platform. And then we're also on Amazon for people who find it easier to do their shopping on Amazon. We are also in over 20 pharmacies in uh, London. Um, and then there's other online platforms like the drug.store, which has great products um, and a great little find. So we're, we're on online platforms in terms of retail presence for people who actually want to physically see the product before buying it. We are in pharmacies in London and apart from that, our website is usually a good platform. Brilliant, brilliant, fantastic. Well, I'll put all the links on the, um, Thank on the you. page anyway. So um, listen, so it's been great to, uh, to catch up and, uh, and hear about what you've been up to and what's, what's coming up. Yeah, I, I, I love um, the way we've been collaborating since, since we've met and, you know, we have very similar approaches. I like to think about, um, just general wellness and, and approach to pain management, uh, which I think has been our, our core bond, uh, mm. which we, we keep working on and, and I love that. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of, I suppose I've got sort of two, two hats in a way, obviously working with people with, with chronic pain, um, but then also mm. as a runner and, and using the products exactly. in, in well, I mean, day to day, but, but certainly for recovery after the, um, after the long ones, that's always part of, of, of what I do um, yeah. so uh, yeah no it's excellent and um, yeah. let it continue definitely and uh, we'll have to hit up a, another run together soon you let me know when you're free yeah no for sure <laughs> and the, yeah the running club that sounds great as well so uh, yeah. I'll be definitely. sure to keep an eye on that all right well good to all see right. you and um, good to see you too. catch up soon all right bye bye Cool. Yeah? Was that a